Uh, how you doing today? How you feel? Hey man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So my first question for you is, where are you from, and what was the environment like growing up where you came up? I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I spent every other summer in Mississippi with my my grandparents till I was like 14 years old. Um, the environment was was country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I'm in Mississippi, it's just a bunch of country people. We have a house. We have a house with a fence around it. Your grandmother said, "Don't go outside the fence." And that's what we did. We played in the, in the yard all the time. Didn't go outside the fence. But growing up in Memphis, I was a, I was a basic kid. I grew up in the hood. I grew up in Orange Mound, and um, we 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 just survived. We we were survival mode because we were poor. But we didn't know we were poor because my mother gave us everything we needed. I didn't know I was poor till I went to college. And I thought what everybody else said. I'm like, wait a minute, dang. They got all this? I thought we had everything we needed. So that's what it's like growing up when you're poor. If your mother and your or your parents give you everything you need, you don't know you're poor till you get outside of your environment. So when you refer you said we a lot, did who, 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 I mean, my brothers. How many brothers do you have? I had three brothers. Okay. And what was your relationship like with your brothers? No, it was good. No, it was all good. My brother and I, one of my brothers and I went to Jackson State together to play basketball. Mm-hmm. He started for almost four years. His freshman year was off and on. And I still love this for four years, hell, so I saw both sides of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, that's the best experience I ever had in my life because I was at, a, a, at an HBCU that gave me the ability to understand how great being black really was. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to this day, you know me. You know me, bro. I believe in HBCUs because I don't think there's a better place for young African Americans than the HBCU. That's me. And you know, I talk about this all day. But that's who I am. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like at Jacksonville State? If you could like dive into that a little more. Jackson State. Jackson State. I, I, I'm going to interrupt you in front of everybody. But it's Jackson State. <laughs> Jackson State, but, my fault. That's okay. That's okay. You know, you know what, though? It was it was absolutely fantastic. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, bro. When you were 18 years old, actually, I was 17 years old when I went to, went to college. You have no concept of what life is about away from home. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I left home at 17. You have no concept what, Jack, what what college is like. And I was fortunate enough to be a part of the whole basketball team and the whole basketball society, if you will. 
right up front because we were just a group of guys trying to do the same things. We had the same mission in mind. And, and honestly, we, had, we didn't know what the hell we were trying to do. But we were together. We were basketball. We were trying to have we, – we had the same mission in mind whether we do it or not. Mm-hmm. So it, it was actually great the first couple of years. We, we lived in the dorm the first year with a bunch of other people. We lived on the seventh floor. It was basketball, track, and baseball. So all it was all athletes on the first floor. Mm-hmm. But that summer of my freshman year, they took a classroom or a couple of classrooms and made it a dorm just for the basketball players. So we moved to the basketball dorm, which was actually great for us because there were only us around and we could deal in our own BS together, if you will. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, really. But, no, it, it was good. And, and, I, and I'll tell you this, is that I remember one day in practice, the coaches always get us together after practice, at the end of practice, and put us in the huddle. And one day he said, look around. These are all the guys that you did you play with. These are gonna be some of your best friends in life. And to that day he's absolutely correct. And the point guard on the team, him and I talk almost every day. So the college experience basketball wise was great, but the overall college experiences experience was good because I have lifelong friends that I met because we were all in college together. And we were, we were at, uh, at HBCU, and you've been at HBCU, you understand the division is a little different. Mm-hmm. And we it, we kind of watch out for each other at the end of the day. And that has always worked for me. Mm-hmm. When you said look out for each other, what do you mean by that? Was it just you and who you were tight with, or was it you and you saying like that was the that was the attitude on campus? That was the attitude on campus because instructors, and I'm I'm going to give you a story. I could say I want you to repeat this, but it's all you gonna put it online, so I'm, I'm gonna give it to you anyway. <laughs> Me, the point guard, and the center, we took a calculus class. And uh, from Doctor Brown, and we were we were we were we were trying hard as hell. You hear me? Mm-hmm. We were trying extremely hard, but we just weren't getting it. Hold on, hold on. So let's go. I, I'm talking to Brock Online move. So we went to his office one day. His, his, his name was Doctor Brown, if you will. And we went to his office. We was like, and, and, and Brock, be, let me be clear. We were going to class. We were trying. We just, we just couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Went to Doctor Brown's office one day, and he said, "I see y'all in here trying. I see all y'all struggling because y'all don't get it." We were like, "Yeah." He said, "Keep coming to class." Keep acting like you're trying, I'll take care of you. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, take that in there, honey. So,
So we all ended up getting C's. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the point is, the point is, Rod, he understood the struggle. And he understood that at the end of the day, capitalists ain't that big of a deal in the big picture on where everybody's trying to go. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see what I'm saying? Right. So it wasn't and just the, the student body, it was also the faculty. And, and you should, I, I don't know if you know that from where you are now. Right. But that's, that's the beauty of HBCU. Definitely. And I, and I have been to several classes where the instructors, hold on, hold on, bro. Just go. I, I don't I know. Where is it? It's up, I don't know. I'll take care of it. Just plug it in. I'm talking to Brock for his podcast. Stop. I'm sorry. I don't know. That don't mean, I don't even know what that means. So just, keep just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Anyway. So. <laughs> but, but you understand? It, it, it was a lot of instructors that poured into us and gave us that extra effort to give us that benefit of the doubt to make sure we moved on. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was the beauty of being at HBC at HBCU because keep in mind, my daughter went to Howard, and she tells these stories about her instructors. My daughter majored in business, and there was a guy who was to come down from Philly every week. Who talked like who talked like a Black History kind of kind of thing at Howard? Yeah. And because he was so good at what he, she did, right before she was six months before she was going to graduate with a business degree, she decided I want to teach school because of this cat. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty of HBCU. You have people that look like you, sound like you, and think like you. And think like you in a way you never thought about, but they're thinking like you as well. See what I'm saying? So that being said, my daughter was a a business major. She called me one day and she said, Dad, she was six months from graduating. She said, Dad, I think I want to be a teacher. I'm like, okay, she said, you know that? I don't know, I'm not mad. Whatever you want to do, do. But she wanted to be a business. She wanted to be a, a, a teacher because of this cat who would come down from Philly on the train every week to talk about black history. So that's the difference in an HBCU and a regular university. Would you have changed anything that you did or experienced at, at, at your college, at your four years of college? If I didn't change anything, I'd have graduated in four years instead of five. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't funny. even know you. I didn't even know you. It was five years. No, here's what's funny. Everybody that came in on the basketball team my freshman year, we all went to. We all went to. Uh, we all went to uh, summer school that first semester, that, that first summer. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: I could have gone to summer school my last year and graduated, but 
I didn't have a, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a real job, if you will. Because mm-hmm. I only needed, I only needed three, six, six, um, six hours to graduate my senior year. So I could have done that in the summer. So that whole, you know, whole extra year thing, that's what that's about. But no, I'm going to change anything. I, I, I think the greatest thing you can do is enjoy your college experience at an HBCU. Because once you leave, life gets real after that. You know what I mean? When when did you realize that? When did I realize what? That life gets real. Like, <laughs> what, 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 what was the first experience like for you when you was like, yo, this ain't what I thought it was? I, I, don't, I don't know if it was a real realization. But I just knew that when I got out of college, stuff's going to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got, I got to really do something for real. And when you're in college, you really don't have to do anything for real. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? If you, think, if you think about it, yeah. Yeah, if you really put it into perspective, like yeah. That. You don't, you don't really have to do anything for real. Yeah. You just you just in college. Yeah. You just transferring information. Right. So so when I got out of college, I just realized I'm like, jeez, I got to do something something now. And 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 I, and I think that happens to a lot of people getting out of college, and. Me being from a, a family where my mother went to college for like a year, two years or whatever, mm-hmm. they don't pass down that whole, here's what college is like, you second generation, here's what you got to do. I never got that conversation. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For you, it's different though. Am I, am I correct? Yeah, definitely. It, it's totally different for you because you have a father who's matriculated up to the highest level. Mm-hmm. So he can explain to you what's college, what college is like and what's expected. So I came in, I came into college on first base. You, you're on third base already. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're on third base already. So for the guy on first base, we don't understand. And so, here's, here's, here's what I'm, I'm going to give to you. A lot of cats that I went to school with, we all came in on first base. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now, our kids that went to college or that go to college or have gone to college, they come in on second and third base. Make sense? Yeah, because like that analogy too. What? Watch this. Watch this. I'm finna, I'm finna give you the best one. We went to survive. Make sense? Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I went to survive. Our kids are going to succeed. See, see what I did there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it? Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you're not, bro. You're not in college to survive. You're in college to succeed. Right. But that's because of what your daddy did before you got there. See what I'm saying? Your dad went to college to survive. 
Make sense? Right, yeah. So we went to college to survive, so our kids, you and my daughter and people under us, are going to succeed because we put y'all in place to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You you don't have to worry about, like I worry about where I'm going to get money from to, you know, to give me something to eat. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You ain't got to worry about that, do you? Nah, I mean... It's it's, no, it's no, I, no, I don't really. if now nah, listen I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it for for some of the listeners right. My situation is I don't have to worry about it, but for my my the way my dad his teaching style is figure it out because I'm not gonna be there to coddle you and that's not my job. So if ever it was like I'm down bad and it's like I'm I'm never gonna have to fight for survival. Let's just put it like that. But I definitely have to fight to work. I need to learn to work. And I have to work and get my own. But, but, you got, you got options that I didn't have when I was a kid. You right, see true, what I'm true, true. And, and, and you good. Because you fight and survive and, and you don't take anything for granted. That's what I like about you. You see what I'm saying? True. But, you know your dad got you if you need it, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know I got you if you need it. Definitely. Am I correct? Yeah. Right? So you got two income streams that most people don't have. Am I right? Yeah. And and I'm going to go back to when I was in school. My mother was a single mother with four boys, and we were all in school the same goddamn go on time. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, two of us were on a basketball scholarship, the other was on an academic scholarship. Believe me when I say, put this on your podcast, $10 a week is like $1,000 a month. <laughs> if my mother could send us $10 a week, we were, we were, we were as happy as a, I ain't going to say, but we were happy as hell. Mm-hmm. Shut up, guys. But, <laughs> but, but, but you, get, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I get what you said. So the whole paradigm has shifted a little bit. But that's what it was back in the day as opposed to what it is now. Mm-hmm. What you mean the you paradigm know? shifted? What, what a paradigm is is a thing that moves into a different direction. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Right. But so I'm the, pa- the paradigm could have been back then, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. But now the paradigm is shifted and says, this is what we do now. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right, but what is that? That this is what we do. Like, what? What? What are you referencing? No, I'm, I'm referencing the fact that y'all got it better than we had it. Okay. That, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Y'all got it better than we had it because if 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 I got ten dollars a week, man, I was happy as a. As a I was just happy, you know what I mean? Right. My wife was going to stop me because I, yeah, I was going to say some dumb stuff. But, but I was just happy, you see what I'm saying? And now, y'all expect more than $10 a week. Am I correct? Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. That, that, that's the paradigm. That's, see, see the paradigm shift? Mm-hmm. We will have with just get $10 a week. And that was real with us. But now, 
Y'all expecting, y'all expecting what, $400 a month? How much your daddy send you a month? Oh, no, no, he don't send me money. No, 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 I'm asking you. How much he send you a month? I ain't nothing Yeah, no, he don't, he don't send me nothing, like, monthly. Huh? Yeah, he don't send me nothing monthly. But he, he makes sure you, you, you good, right? Yeah, only time something is sent is if I reach out. generation take advantage of that I don't think y'all I don't think a lot of y'all understand it so take advantage I don't I'm not sure what that means but I don't think y'all understand it you know what I mean mm -hmm. because you look at a lot of kids in, in college now they're middle middle class a lot of them am I correct Mo yeah, yeah most of them most of them yeah. <laughs> a middle or upper middle class, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Because you, me, and your father and the people look like us busted our heart to get y'all there. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if y'all appreciate what we did to get y'all there. Make sense? Yeah. Why do you because say you don't think we appreciate it, though? Because I have seen and heard some kids talk about it like it's their rite of passage. We should be here anyway. You know what I mean? Like we should, we should. Why they tripping on us? We should be here anyway. Mm -hmm. But you don't understand the journey to get where you got. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. How do you feel about that? I feel like. That's definitely a fact. Like you said, on campus, there's a lot of upper middle class students. Um, Which is a testament to their parents. Exactly, exactly. And so, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want, I don't want anybody crying about I'm, on, I'm upper middle class and you using it as a badge of honor. Then ain't got nothing to do with you. It's all about your parents. You didn't have anything to do with that. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of people on my campus, like you said, a lot of people in our generation, they, they don't really appreciate what was done. There's a lot of, especially on the like Howard, Howard, uh, my campus, a lot of people see it. Um, there's another college book. Like my, I can speak for my college and Howard. Those two HBCs. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second, bro. Hold on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I like to look too far. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There you go. So, like, with Howard, with Howard in my school, I definitely could see that there's a high population of individuals who take it for granted that their parents had to do what they had to do to get them to where they are. 
It's like on our campuses, people, people, the other HBCUs look at our HBCUs as like the more upscale, bougie HBCUs. If that makes sense. They all look at everybody the same way. I'm telling you, my daughter went to Howard. A and T look at Howard bougie. Howard look at AT bougie. AT and T is bougie. They look at more houses bougie. That's what y'all do. But go ahead. <laughs> what, what, everybody what? want to be. Everybody want to be the downtrodden. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that 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 plays a role, or that that's connected to what you were saying. It's like you got a bunch of people that's they don't appreciate what their parents had to do, so they just pulling up on campus with these be- new Beamers and new Benzes, and they trying to flex and flaunt, and they don't want to talk to everybody. They don't want to build that unity that was once there. So how do we make that work? That's a great question. I... How, do we, how, do, how do we fix that problem? And you the college cat, so I'm asking you. I don't know. How do we? How do, you, how do, how, how do y'all fix that problem? Because it's y'all issues now. That's a that's a great question. I I would say we I would say we would have to get we would have to create a way to have everyone under the same general understanding. So like those who think that they're in a better place and, and shouldn't stoop down to a, to the same level as others, I think we should get them to understand that as black people in America, we everything is against us. Every everything and everybody, everything and everybody else, is against us. And for for those who are already on that higher that higher level, who already have more access or a greater chance of getting into higher positions and higher like paying careers, they don't realize that once they get in those positions, they're gonna be the only ones in 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 their environment. They're gonna become the only black person in the office. The only black person. On conference calls, the only black person pulling up to their their organization or their business. So, hold on, that's been for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Can you, you know what I mean? So, so talk a little bit about it. Like, let let the listeners know what you mean. Like, how how was that feeling for you being in that position for thirty years? And why shouldn't people? Why should we come together to avoid having that? It was um, it was terrible. Let me say that to you. It was terrible because. You're you're in a space when you're by yourself. So like you talk to me and ask me questions, and you talk to your dad and ask him questions. I didn't have none. I didn't have any of that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you now you imagine what you would do in thirty years for that. How would that affect you? So, like, put myself in your shoes. Right. So, for 30 years, you didn't have anybody of color that you could ask, how do we do this? How do I navigate this? How do I navigate that? How would you feel? Uh, I feel alone. I feel lost. You feel where I'm at right there? Right. I mean, for 30, 30 plus years, how would you feel? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
you talk to me right now, right? Mm-hmm. You can ask me anything you want to ask me, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm older than you. And I can help you navigate wherever you're trying to go if you give me the information, correct? Correct. And you and I have been, we, we've been dudes for, you know, for some years. Yeah. And you and I always talk. If you had a question about anything, you could talk to me and I give you, I give you my wisdom and my words, okay? Mm-hmm. Since you was, what, like 16, 17 years old? Yeah, 16, like 15 turning 16. Okay, now, think about you being a grown man, 25, 26, 27. I'm working in satellite communications now, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm the only black there. I worked on GPS before they called it GPS. But there was no black person around I could ask anything on how to navigate this whole thing. I did this for 30 years. So, am I a little sensitive? Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? I'm very sensitive. Because I did this, I didn't have anybody help me. And the last company I worked in, I sued the, the brakes off of them for racial discrimination because I had to. Mm-hmm. And, they, they, and they killed me for a whole year while this whole thing was going through, but once you get in, you in and you can't get out. You see what I'm saying? You can't be halfway in. Right. So I think it's important for us as African Americans to look back and give back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I grew up poor, and I got money as long as train spoke right now, but money never means shit to me because mm-hmm. I grew up poor. So I understand what it's like. But I'm concerned about the people in the back that look like me and sound like me. And I'm always trying to help them. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I was telling my wife two weeks ago, I want to quit my job right now because I'm tired. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm mentally tired of working. And I, and I had a hard day's work in 35 years. Not that I'm physically, I'm just mentally tired. Right. But now I'm in the spot now. I work for the city. I'm a business representative. And I'm in the area that gives out loans to people, you know, to get some of this city money. And now with COVID-19, some dude put my my uh, card on Facebook. So I'm getting a lot of beauty shops and barbershops. So I'm getting people of color. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting a lot of those. And I'm, I'm, I'm running those through. They're the only reason I don't quit now. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because I got to help them now. So I've been pulling this black train for 35 years. I'm tired as hell. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I'm t- tired as fuck, man. Excuse my language. Not tired either. as fuck of pulling this black train. But I can't stop pulling it because I got all these black people coming at me now needing need this, this help from the city. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I can't stop. Now you go ahead. I'm sorry. Now you good. So how do you pass? How do you pass the baton? Like, what advice would you give to somebody my age who would want to do similar work and help their people? I, I, here's what I would say. 
look at what the what the the real work is. You know, because we can we can get to a lot of fake stuff that we think is good that's not good. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But 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 do the work that's good that you think is good. And I say, give out before you give up. Say that again. I say, give out before you give up. Okay. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Because I'm telling you now, you you're gonna get tired. You you're gonna get dog ass tired because the fight the fight doesn't end. It doesn't. You think well, I hear you know four, five, seven, eight, nine people. We good. Mm-mm. It's not over. Here comes another four, eight, four, five, eight, nine people. You know what I mean? Right. You just got I'm telling you, man. You just got it, it, It's gonna kill you. It's gonna wear you down. But you gotta stay in the fight. I'm just being honest, man. You got. You, you just gotta stay in the fight, man. And it's. It's. And, and I'm telling you, it's gonna wear you down. And, I, and I'm a prime example. I'm worn down now. Mm-hmm. I talked to a guy today. We were on a Zoom meeting yesterday. He said when we started talking, you know, Zoom meeting was everybody's faces on the screen, blah, 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 blah. And he said, when I saw you and I saw your face, he said, I'm good now. I see another black man. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Him and I had a long talk today. I, I, I sent him the information he needed to get his stuff done, and he was going to tell one of his he was going to tell one of his friends to call me too. You see what I'm saying? The work is never done. It's gonna it's gonna wear you down, but you just gotta keep going, man. If you believe in what you're doing, if you don't believe in it, you, you got to move on. Know what I mean? Right. Right. You know what I mean? So, like. I help you. You didn't need a mentor because your dad is good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think you just need a different voice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, nah, you, you, that's it's, it's facts. <laughs> huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. now nah, nah, you're right. You're right. Hey, because your, your dad is good. Yeah. Your dad's real good. He ain't like the rest of the dads. Because he's around, he's present, he's there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think I think you just need a different voice. And correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's right. So, and I do the same thing for Desmond. Mm-hmm. But how many people don't get that? Too many. Think about it. Too many. Am I right? Right. So, it's personally to me, it's what we have to do as black adults. Black men, we got to pour into our our children, like y'all age, or the, or we got to pour into everybody and let them understand this is what we've been through and this is what you're gonna go through and this is how we make it. So you know what I mean? Right. You know, and I and I, like I said, I had nobody telling me anything, man, because I was the only black in my space. I had nobody tell me. Navigate this, navigate that, navigate this. And believe me, I had a lot of dark days, believe me, where I felt like I was getting my ass kicked every day. And I was. Mm 
wife said I met her. I don't know why she in the con- she's in the conversation, but. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just what you understand what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, I get it. I definitely get it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tough if you don't have somebody explaining to you what's going on. It's, it's it's super tough. And as a black person, you got to ensure that another black person doesn't have to go through that if you can help them navigate the process. Well, I mean, we. I don't think I. I don't have any more questions. Um, was if, there any, if you do, just give it to me. I'm, I'm good. You just let me know. I'm good. Okay, so let's. We can shift gears a little bit. Okay. What is your relationship like with your wife, and how did that become? How did it become what? I like. What. I don't want to sound like uh, I don't want to sound no, crazy no, asking this on, question. Hold on, hold on. Before you ask this question, I'm going to get you. You know I'm going to get you. All right, go ahead. You know what our relationship was like with my wife. So you ask this question, I'm going to give you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> right, but for, for, the, for the sake of the listeners, this, well, I asked okay. you, okay. you this question because... I ask you this question because your relationship is one that I use as an example of something to look forward we to. We on a hundred. We on a hundred. I look, I, I use your relationship as an example for me because it, it from the outside looking in, and I, you know, I don't know everything, I don't know the ins and outs, but from the outside looking in. No, what you see is what we are, believe me. Right. So from the outside looking in, it's 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 that dream relationship that people ask for, that people expect out of people who don't fit the description, out of people who don't fit what people require. So when you first met your wife, what was that like and what was going through your head at that time? You wanna know this story for real? Yeah. You got you got time on your podcast for this? <laughs> I got time. You got time? Yes, sir. When I first met my wife, she didn't even like me, man. <laughs> and she over there throwing me the finger right now. <laughs> when I first met my wife, she didn't even like me. Here's what happened. I was in a relationship with another chick. I was just getting out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So she came down to visit her girlfriend. And I came over like the day she was leaving. I'm like, look, I told you I was get out of relationship with a girl and I'm sorry I'm late. She threw me the finger and we just called it a day. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. We ended up talking and you you have been around us a lot, have you not? Yeah. And everything you see on the outside is who we are inside. That that relationship you see that think that you think that works perfectly, mm-hmm. that's who we are. And the reason we're that way is because we're hundred years old. She just said that, but she's more concerned about me than she is about herself, and I'm more concerned about her than I am about myself. 
right? That's how we work. Oh, and That's let me let me just add this disclaimer too for some of the listeners. So so when I said I use your relationship as an example, I'm not saying that that's my only example. Some people may no 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 it's cool it's cool. All right, cool. I just, I just want people to know that because I you know I, I do have parents who are married, and I'm not saying that their relationship is you know what I'm saying right right yeah, so I, right, right, right 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 right. So I you know this is one, but keep keep going. Though. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, cool. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. My wife, their background, ear hustle. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. You can go ahead. No, what I'm saying, I, and, and I think that's the crux of our relationship is that she's more concerned about me than she is about herself, and I'm more concerned about her than I am about me. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So when you in a selfless relationship, that's what makes it work. You know what I mean? Right. I, and I, 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 you've been around us a long time, and 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 you 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 are a guy that watches everything. I remember we went to dinner that night at the little Japanese restaurant. You watched the way I got the tab, and I gave it straight to Ross. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. That's what we do. She's an accountant. What the hell am I going to do? <laughs> And, but you watch her where I gave it to her, and we moved seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. Because that's who we are. And 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 once you get married, you fall into a rhythm, and you figure out who does what, who does what, who does what else. Mm-hmm. And and we call it a treadmill of life. Because you get up, you do the same thing every day. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get up, you get on a treadmill, you go to work, you do whatever, you do whatever. It's, we call it a treadmill of life. But the details are, are really how it how it works out and how it how it um, really works and make it easy for each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And every day is not a good day. But I, but I think with us. Let me, let me give you this. Watch this. Put this on your podcast. Here's the difference. When you're young, you try to push the buttons to piss the other person off. Mm-hmm. But at our age, we know the buttons to push. We just don't push them. Mm-hmm. See that? See that? See how that works? Mm-hmm. We just don't push the buttons to piss each other off. If we walk up to the line to push the button, we just walk away. Because what's the sense of pissing your, your spouse off? Because if you want to argue every day and you want to win, you win it at the expense of your spouse. And that's too expensive for a relationship. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's too expensive. Because if you want to end when every argument is at the expense of your spouse, is at the expense of your spouse. So we don't argue. Because if every time I argue, if I'm trying to win, she's going to lose. At some point, she's going to be mad as hell just losing all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little stuff, man. It's a little stuff. It's a little stuff that makes a relationship work in the long run. And me and Rod's 100 years old. We've been knowing each other 25 years. Have we gotten married 25 years ago? We've been married. Tw- we've been divorced 24 years ago. You see what I'm 
it, 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 because we just weren't ready at the time. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And now we're older. We understand. We appreciate each other. We love each other. And the little stuff doesn't really matter anymore. And we just get along. We just get along and we love each other. Mm. But here's the tough part, though. When people get married young, I say if your age, you got married to a chick, y'all growing up together. Mm. Mm -hmm. And as you grow up, you might grow up a little differently. You see what I'm saying? Because you might get to 28 years old and say, maybe I see all my boys out there running with the chicks and having a good time. I'm thinking I miss something. You might go out there and think that you're getting what you miss. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know. No, no, this is real talk. This is real talk. Yo, I know. That's, that's why I'm laughing. I ain't gonna laugh. I ain't gonna laugh. But that's, that's real, though. That's real. real. That's yeah. real. <laughs> so, you gonna go out there and think you find what you miss. Oh, by search, she might go out there and think what she miss. So now y'all, y'all 29 years old getting divorced because both of y'all cheat. Mm. Right? Yeah. And Roz and I say nobody should get married before 30. That's just us. It's not a rule of thumb. But that's what we think. Because you kind of figured out who you are between 20 and 30. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I'm talking from experience. Yeah. I knew guys that was between 20 and 30 who messing around thinking they, I'm not saying they think they missed something, but they were messing around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, what is it? It was just societies. And you might have thought that societies were so good, you wanted to leave home for their societies. Tell you what I know, not what I heard. Yeah. So, no, we're old enough now. We, we've gotten all that BS out of our system. And you see us. You see us, right? We are who we are every day. What you see is who we are. You know what I mean? Right. You come to Thanksgiving, you say we got the whole family got great energy. That's who we are, man. But you got to be mature enough to be in a relationship with somebody and both of y'all get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Both of y'all got to get it. And it's difficult when you're young, though. Yeah. And and you've got to have some older people you can lean on if you have questions about marriage. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's important. Do you think... Do you think someone who doesn't have good examples in their life, do you think that they could find a relationship that works or or find a marriage that works? Mm. I think they can, but we mimic what we've seen. Make sense? Yeah. So, can I give you a basketball analogy? Mm. If you would. Kobe mimicked Jordan. Am I right? Mm-hmm. He mimicked the greatest player in the game. And Kobe became a great player as well because he mimicked the greatest player in the game. See what I'm saying? Right. 
because that's what he saw. Am I right? Right. Now, let's let's spin that back to a relationship. If you grow up seeing bad relationships, you might get into a bad relationship because that's what you thought and that was your normal. That's what you saw and that was your norm. You see what I'm saying? We go with what we saw because that's our norm. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Right. So, you might have to go through the bad to get to the good. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to spin this back on you if you allow me. Yeah, that's cool. Will you allow me to do that? Yeah, that's cool. Go ahead. You tell me how you look at us. Okay? Okay. You see the good, right? Right. You've seen the good and the bad, correct me if I'm wrong. Am I right? Uh, I think so. <laughs> you don't know, you think so, right? Because, because all I've seen is good, and that's why I, I, like, look to y'all. Because even when it's bad, it doesn't seem good because it's so effortless of how y'all move forward. And how y'all, right. like, come to an agreement. Oh, yeah, we, we don't have So, the point is... If you saw bad, let's, let's, let's put that in there, okay? okay? If you saw bad and you saw good in us, you have an option. You can choose the good or the bad. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And you can choose the good. But going back to your original question, if a person only saw bad, they would... Bad is not bad. Bad is the norm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because what you see growing up is your norm. Yeah. So in reality, the norm could be bad. But you... I'll give you an example. Let me, let, me, let me go back. I've met girls that let their husband beat on them because their father beat on their mother. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's their norm. They think that's what a marriage is about. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Think, think about it. If, if you grew up and your mama beat, you had to be on your mama for 20 years. So we, when you get out of the house, you think it's normal for a man to be on his wife because that's what I saw because my mom and daddy were married and that's what they did. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's learned behavior. Mm. So, a person that grew up in a bad family household can get in a good relationship, but it's going to be difficult until they realize what they grew up in was not the best situation is not the norm. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because, let's be clear, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this is you, but if your mama beats your daddy, if your daddy beats your mama every day, every other day for 20 years, you would get into a marriage thinking, hell, I gotta beat my mama. Because that's what a marriage is about. Or, or I gotta beat my wife, I'm sorry. But you would, not consciously, but subconsciously, that's what you would think. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because I saw my daddy do that every day, or every other day. And because 
you never saw what a marriage was like until your, until your folks showed you that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you would think the fact that you put hands on your wife was normal because that's what you saw growing up every day. Now, Ross, she never saw that. So if I hit Ross, we got a problem. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. You hear in the background? Yeah. But, but, but you, you, you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's marriage is learned behavior. Mm-hmm. It's what you see growing up. It's what becomes your norm. I grew up in a house where there was no father, so I don't I don't even know what a marriage I never knew what a marriage looked like, if you wanna be honest. Mm-hmm. My mother father got married out divorced out like four or five years old. So I don't have I had no idea what a marriage looked like. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I know I wanna put my hands on my wife. You get me? Right. I don't <laughs> say that to my not You hear it, baby? Right, girl upstairs, I'm talking. I'm working. I'm Close working. the door. Close the door. But, but you, you understand my point, though, right? Right. So, if somebody grew up in a bad situation, somewhere they got to learn that that situation is not the way life should be in the long run. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. What examples did you have growing up? As far as? As far as marriage and relationships. I, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I had absolutely not. Mm. Because my mother and father got divorced when I was like three or four years old. And um, there were a few families on the street that had husbands and wives, especially one across the street. But when you're so young, you don't really understand the dynamics of what marriage is really like. I just know Mr. and Ms. Birkin was together forever. And when I go to Memphis, I always stop by and see them and they're still together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any examples to really look at and see how marriage works. But here's, here's what I will give you. Here's what I will give you. One of my frat brothers, uh, whose name is Sam Balin, when I lived in Jersey, he was a principal. And I tell him this to this day, I always watched him and his wife and how they moved. Because I saw they moved in a way that made sense to me. So after I got married, and Sam and I have been friends for years, we... We, we've been friends for a hundred years. And we went to North Carolina a few, uh, two years ago to visit one of our other frat brothers that we were all cool with. And I told Sam, when I got married, I said, I watched you and your wife, Linda, the way y'all moved. Not knowing I was going to be married again, but I just wanted to see how y'all did what y'all did. And um, you guys were the blueprint for me when I said that I wanted to get back again. And, 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 and he, he had no idea I was watching him. You see what I'm saying? Right. He had absolutely no idea what I was watching But I watched the way him and his wife moved. Mm. And they moved in a way that that looked like marriage is a good thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to say. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Uh, 
with the way that y'all operate, I had a not saying that any of my parents or what they're going through, just marriages in general right, that right. I've seen in my life and relationships I've seen, it didn't look like something that you wanted to look forward to. There was always like even like yeah, yeah, and even if you like watch comedy or watch movies and listen to the, some of the jokes that you hear from other people, from your, your your peers, fathers, and things of that nature, like whoever's married around you, they'll say like, "Yo, bro, don't get married." Literally, people I've had people tell me a lot, like often, "Don't get married." And it's like every time I see their relationship and those who tell me that, it's like, right. it's not something you want to look for. It's not something you look to. Look forward to or look to doing like like with y'all. It's like okay, you make it something that I want to do. You see what I'm saying? Like you make it presentable. We make it look. We make it look easy and we make it look good. Yeah, like we make it look fun. But 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 no, not even because I see. But I'm so close to y'all, I can see it to where I know that it's not easy. It it, it takes. No, it no, take, no, it takes personal no, sacrifice. It takes. Oh no, it is easy. It is easy for us. But it didn't. But, it, it, it takes all that stuff you're talking about too, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It took it took a process to get there. It wasn't just like yo, oh, it no, just worked. Right. Like you see, what I'm saying like I I see that y'all put in the time, put in the work. It's like others they don't want to put in that same. You see, what I'm saying. Right, 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 and then. And you asked me, and, and I will be honest with you, I think in the last two years, we might have had one argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And that probably, that probably lasted like a minute, maybe. <laughs> now, she didn't talk about she shut my ass down. I'm so sick of her. But anyway, <laughs> close the door, quit ear hustling. But, but, but you understand? No, you're right, though. You're right. It's 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 not easy. It's work, but when you it, when you reach a common ground, man, mm-hmm. it makes it so much easier for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And the people say the people you talk to that say don't get married, I get them. I was that person one time, but they might be talking more about them than they're talking about you. Right. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to you got to keep that in mind too. But here's the thing you gotta understand. Marriage is really work. But when you and your partner realize that y'all working going in the same direction, mm-hmm. you can damn near lock it down at that point. You know what I mean? Right. And you've been around us a lot. And I noticed you watch us because I noticed you watched us when we were at the Chinese restaurant and I had this deal to her. And you look like, damn, it was just a simple. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. That's who we are. We we are in a in a groove where we know what we do in every situation. I handed it to her because she cleared our books every every month. You see what I'm saying? Don't just me holding it. Right. She she's the cow. She clears our books every month. So why am I gonna hold it? But that's what you're talking about. And you in a relationship, you you got to figure out who does what and how it works for y'all, and how it, how it best works for y'all, if you will. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So you watched us. We ate them that night. They gave us a bill. I handed it straight to her. You looked like that. You just handed her the bill, and she took it like nothing. That's who we are. 
See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's part of, of us. I give her the bill because she handles the books. Simple as that. Depending on what credit card it came off of, and if the credit card it came off of was the one that we use for other stuff, I gave it to her because she pays that bill. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it came off my credit card, I, I'd, 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 I'd have kept the bill. But I noticed that you watch a lot, though. You watch a lot more than anybody I know. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> why do you why do you watch so much though? Let's talk to your people. I watch. Let's talk to your people. Why do you watch so much? I'm gonna put you on the spot now. I, I watch so much because I like to learn, and I think valuable information is information that comes from things that you can apply. Um, a lot of times we're taught in school a bunch of information that we're not going to use in the real world that doesn't really apply to our career, that doesn't apply to what we want to do in life. And like, you have teachings and teachers and lessons right in front of you every single day. If you focus and are willing to learn, you could just see it if you pay attention. And then another thing too is my dad always taught me we had this this slogan we used to do like every day. I love your dad, by the way. He's a good teacher. <laughs> I love that dude, man. But go ahead. Yeah, he he had this slogan that 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 we used to say to each other every day. It was listen, pay attention, focus, and work. Right, right, right. And it's like you you'll miss a lot if you if you quick to talk or quick to do something and quick to move. It's best to just listen and just pay attention. So, I mean that that's that's part of it. That's that's really where it came from. So since we talk a podcast, what have you learned from watching us? I learned exactly what you said on here, just the the, the fact that it's not all about you. Never. You you, never. you you care about that person more than you care about yourself. And Absolutely. It, it's the it's the small things that lead to the big thing. So it's not gonna run smooth if it's like the the little naggy things in your life that's 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 preventing that. That's that that you don't have together. Um the 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 childish petty arguments that, that's common for relationships. If we if, don't if, we don't we don't we don't even do those. Exactly. We don't, those. If, we don't do them at all. What I learned is if you have a common understanding and a common want for the greater good, that the small things that's irrelevant, it, it doesn't even matter. Because you, you each are fighting, you each are working to gain the same thing. You each are working to become one. And yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I've, learned, I've learned a lot from y'all. It's, Yeah, you see, you're right. I'm sorry, I missed the last part. My wife was talking to me. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I, I was just, I was just saying. Um, I was. I need two thousand dollars worth of. Huh? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying. Um, it, it once, once, once was both was both you and your spouse have an understanding for what the greater purpose is and what 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 you once you had that common ground. 
all the petty yeah. stuff and the naggy stuff it is irrelevant because you you each have something greater that you're working towards. And it, it, and it, it's 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 about us, man. You know, mm. and, and and I applaud you for seeing what you see, and you've been around us a lot, and you see because you've been around us so much. You see what people see on the outside is who we are on the inside. You know what I mean? Right. We're the same people. We're the same people. But I I applaud you for trying to turn the page and looking deeper into a situation. And you do that because you're looking... Not for today, but you're looking for down the line. Yeah. You know, you're not never had this conversation, but you're looking down the line, and when you get married, you're thinking about how I'm going to make this, how am I going to make this work? Yeah. And you're looking at marriage um, examples, if you will. Yeah, exactly. You're looking at marriage examples because... At some point, you think in your mind you want to get married, but I got to see what this looks like. Mm-hmm. How does how does how does how does this really work? Right. And to be honest, I didn't have that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You asked me earlier. I didn't have any examples. See what I'm saying? My mother, father got divorced when I was like four or five years old. I didn't have a marriage example. So mm-hmm. my first marriage was all trial and error. You know what I mean? Right. And my and I and I loved my first wife. I just didn't know how to love her. You see what I'm saying? Oh, Shut up. <laughs> but I didn't know how to love her. Mm-hmm. But when I got married the second child, I love my wife and I know how to love my wife. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Hold on, Brock. Move. I'm talking to Brock. We're on a podcast. Move away. Quit playing. She's trying to smooth you up to me, Brock. Move. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I, I never, I never had an example to look at, and I applaud you for trying to look at examples. And all examples are not great. All of them don't fit you. Mm-hmm. And like you look at me, I'm sure you look at other people as well. Yeah. But you, if you get a, enough enough sample size, you can figure out which ones work for you and which ones don't. Mm-hmm. And I. And I think that's very important. And I encourage every young person to look at married people and see what it looks like. Yeah. So, uh, you, you might not see how it works, but see what it looks like. And you might see how, how it works, but see what it looks like. I look at, I look at life like a puzzle. Like, Thank you. There's there's an image that I'm trying to get to, but in order to do that, I have to receive pieces. I may receive more pieces from some uh, a, a relationship, a marriage that I have in one corner, or pieces from another. I may not receive any pieces, but at the end of the day, each aspect of my life, I'm looking to grab and pick pieces that can apply to me that fits for the picture that I'm trying to create. Absolutely right, but. You're smart enough to do that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Think of the kid your age that's not. Right. And I'm going to be honest. 
early marriage is tricky. I mean, it's very tricky. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't get married early, but early marriage is very tricky. Okay, I'll I'll tell her. Oh, excuse me, I'll check my email. But early marriage is tricky because you're trying to figure out who you are. She's trying to figure out who she is. And where we ended up at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. Well, I thank you, man. Thank you for making time yeah, man. to have this you know, conversation. You know, I'm your guy, man. Whenever you need something, man, I'm your guy. Yeah. Um. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. That's another episode of Best of Both Worlds. Hit me with any questions, comments, or concerns at ibrock88 on Instagram. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. Keep spreading the word. And shout out to y'all.